0: Here on this Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. It's now time for our SMSU campus update. And joining us in studio, as per usual, Marcy Olson.
1: Good morning. How are How you are doing you today?
0: today? I'm doing great. You? I'm doing super duper. Super duper. I mean, this forecast is getting insane, insane at this point. It yeah. is. It is. At this point, do we start asking for snow again? We're just going to no. let
1: it be what it is. Because you got to be careful what you wish for.
0: Careful what you wish for, mm-hmm. indeed. I remember last week.
1: I'm a I'm a good Minnesotan. I know. Keep your mouth shut. Okay.
0: Very good joining us in studio as well as Dr. Dan Ripple, professor of music, uh, director of keyboard studies yes. and music director of the Southwest Minnesota Orchestra. I believe last time we chatted, director of keyboard studies. I don't think that was there. Oh, it's always been there. But there's a
2: reason it's there this time. There is a reason this time and I want to just say one thing about your 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 spitting out the forecast um, yeah. you're worried about the temps mm-hmm. i don't think it's legal to use the word wind chill in the same sentence that you're going to say 60 degrees true yeah. i don't think that's allowed agree i yes. don't mean to you know get in your business but i'm just saying at, that, and when it hits 60 i don't think we talk about wind chill anymore no no we true. may talk about wind but thank you uh, for yep. putting we helmet. may want our martinis chilled but we don't say wind chill <laughs> i'm just saying
0: Start now that we have that the straight, martini talk. Yes. Right, uh, now that we've got that straight, ten o'clock hour. Yes, yes. that yeah. is our we'll awesome. Always. So that's a little <coughs> intro of our guest here, and you're going to tell us a little bit more about yourself for those that don't know you. You are originally from Minnesota and have an early connection to a well-known Icelander from
2: minneota I. That's true. I am um, <clears throat> from Western Minnesota. In in near Appleton, we call it West Central Minnesota, not Southwest Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Somehow the Southwest Minnesota have, you know, did a hostile takeover and now we're part of Southwest Minnesota. But I am from this region. Um, I remember thinking the the Minnesota River was a mystical boundary somehow between Appleton and Marshall. And um, it's, uh, and yes, I was very connected to a a certain poet from Minneota, Minnesota. Uh, Bill Holm of blessed memory, his, his, uh, I think his 80, either 80th or 81st birthday is coming up in just a couple weeks. Um, sorry. No, I'm sorry about that. It's this 50th anniversary of his death actually is coming up in a couple weeks. He would, he died on his half birthday, which is really quite amazing. Unfortunately, um, Bill used to say he used to get lots of, uh, letters, uh, addressed to Minnesota, Minnesota, because his friends thought, well, that's silly. It's not MIDI. They left out the S. It's obviously maybe Minnesota City, Minnesota, which there is also Minnesota City. But uh, yes, Bill Holm was my dearest friend, and we spent hours um, playing four hands, uh, piano duet, and um, this recital that's coming up, which I'm very happy to plug here, and thank you, Marcy, for inviting me. Absolutely. Absolutely. is this coming Monday, February 12th at 7.30 p.m. in the Fine Arts Theater where we, where I will <laughs> give the inaugural performance on our new uh, Grand Piano that we purchased last summer. And on there will be a forehand work by Schubert and in honor of Blessed Bill, uh, a work that he and I often played called Lebensturme. <clears throat> and that means life's storms. But it sounds so much better as Lebensturme. Um and
1: you'll be performing that with somebody who fits on the piano bench with you.
2: Just barely um, <laughs> much better than Bill, the way Bill and I fit or didn't fit.
1: That was always a treat to watch.
2: Yes. There's, there's some funny footage of us trying to m- navigate the piano bench. Um, our bills and my piano team was called um, big guys with grand pianos. And um, <clears throat> we were a real hit on the hot dish circuit. Um <laughs> We had a quite a following in central Lyon County and parts of Northern Lincoln County and about 13 blocks in Hennepin. So um, that's called impressive reach. Um, yes. Uh, no, with the, the, the life and in highly intelligent uh, Samantha Moeller will be my, my duet partner on that a music major at SMSU, very talented young uh, a woman, uh, smart as a whip works so hard and she and quite a few others of our music majors are just really giving me faith uh, in, in in the young future. People? Absolutely, yeah. in the future, I agree. I agree. I, you read the news and you think it's not all; it's all bad, but it's not. You know, you could, because ultimately, the strength of the people are going to are going to make a community and are going to make music and are going to continue our country forward. So I'm extremely. Um, do, do you
1: know where Samantha's from?
2: Uh, she is from Fairmont fantastic yeah minnesota shout out
1: to fairmont down fairmont there.
2: and uh <laughs> she uh, grew, uh, grew up in a german lutheran uh community um uh knows what i when i say polka and shoddish and waltz she knows exactly that because she plays it on her handmade concertina which she can play like just like the just incredibly well
1: okay that's and so cool okay. it is totally
2: mm-hmm. cool Mm -hmm. I should have her play a little piece on the recital, because I am a huge fan of accordion and concertina. And as I always say, you cannot be sad for long when there's a polka playing. You cannot be sad for long.
1: One of my aspirations as a child was to um, grow up, learn to play the tuba, and play in my uncle's polka band. Really? Yes. But when I learned the tuba, I realized it was a very large instrument.
2: It's hard to carry. You've got to buy a separate airplane seat for it when you travel with it. Yes, so.
1: That didn't yeah.
2: happen, but that's an interesting fact. Josh. Yeah, it's but uh, for someone who is, I think she's 20 or 21, To this is such a central part of her life. It's just such a throwback to, I mean, it was the, that was considered old-timey when I was a kid, and I was a kid, you know, 3,000 years ago. So, uh, I mean, that she still plays concertina is just fantastic. Anyway, she's my duet partner uh, for that one piece on the piano recital.
0: Nice. You now have the record for the longest intro after one question asked.
2: Uh, I... Yes, that's probably. how we do it with Dan. <laughs> I love it. Although you should check your records with Jim Tate. I bet he's got oh, a, a few. I, yes, a
1: yes.
2: few even longer. Okay, we'll have to
0: we'll have to check our records. Well, that kind of leads into our next question, some way along the way. What made you decide to uh, hop into a career in music?
2: I was the oldest son of a farmer, and of course, in Minnesota protocol, that means I was going to be a farmer. Farm. And it, uh, as your your radio audience can't see me, as Jim Tato always said, I had a face for radio. Um, uh, that uh, I built like a farmer. I mean, I easily could have been, uh, you know, baling hay and throwing calves and whatnot. And I did a fair amount of that. Um, except I was <clears throat> uh, chunky and asthmatic, and I was pretty it didn't super- really
1: care for the outdoors that much. No, did you?
2: I was I was as Bill Home, I was Bill Holmes, not quite as tall as Bill, but roughly his size, and he also was a large guy who much rather would curl up with a book and leave the sweaty farm labor to his dad. Um, I, uh, I should have been a farmer, I suppose, but I just, I couldn't take the outdoors very much. I certainly couldn't be around cattle and alfalfa too long without just totally wheezing. So I had to find some sort of uh, 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 peaceable indoor activity. And so I spent hours right from the beginning um, uh, playing the piano. And uh, loved it from the very beginning. When did you start playing? I started taking lessons when I was <clears throat> eight, which is rather late. Um, but I knew I wanted to be a pianist when I was four or five, mm. because I saw, and I believe it was Liberace. I saw Liberace on the piano. I said, okay, I don't know about the diamond rings, but I, I like everything else about this. Um, and so I knew, and then I saw other pianists, because we used to have lots of concert pianists on on commercial TV, um, and I thought this is pretty great. Byron Janice was on uh, the tonight show with Johnny Carson. I remember seeing him. He was a student of Vladimir Horowitz. And I thought, Oh my God, this is, this is, this is powerful stuff. So between <clears throat> my wheezy lungs and my, my weirdly fast fingers, I decided that's the route I was going to go. And then what brought you to SMSU? Uh, a job offer. <laughs> we were living in the Twin Cities and uh we were we had been my wife, a uh, blessed memory, Julieta Alvarado, <laughs> and I were living there raising two kids, basically freelancers. I had a part-time college job. I was a Lutheran church musician at several parishes. Uh Julieta was teaching classes. I mean, it was pretty dicey financially and uh we went through a period of about almost a year where we didn't have health insurance. Mm. And I said, this is not workable anymore. And I had um, <clears throat> applied for the job a couple years beforehand, but I didn't have my doctorate done. And when I got my doctorate done, Julieta said to me, good Lord, it's open again. And and so I applied and I was very grateful to get it. It has been the founding of my family. I never tire saying that. Um, there is kind of a, you know, kind of a snobbery in classical music that you somehow can't be a musician out in the prairie. <clears throat> That's not true. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder, but it's, it's not true. Um, and there is, is a culture and wit and uh, thought going on, as Bill Holm so grandly taught us, in all parts of the world, <clears throat> your, your heart can be filled anywhere. In the world absolutely as one of his and books thank goodness
1: we have a university here with an orchestra with the music program and a community that loves the fine arts and supports yes. it because that's that's why we have people like Dan ripple coming to Marshall
2: well thank you it's been mm-hmm. it's it's been a great experience I I loved being back out in the country when we first moved here and um, it was it, and I just think there's just a an immediacy of getting things done that you there's just so much more difficult in the city, and I must also say, do a shout out about the PBS documentary that won an Emmy about Bill Holmes' poetry and was made mostly in Iceland. Um, I, of course, when I first got the idea, I started talking to Marcy Brecken, Bill's widow, and said, You know, I'm going to approach Twin Cities. And she said, Don't do that. Approach Pioneer Public. They're right down Is that there. They're awesome. They're right down there, and they can do it. I said, Oh, they will not have the money to do that. Will they? Approached them, immediately agreed to it immediately agreed to doing it in Iceland. I said, do you do the, that kind of thing? And they said, yeah, we just got back from Norway. And so that was part of my you know, assumption that was to- totally wrong. I am so happy that I did that and made that call because it's been a huge project that just keeps giving dividends and, and good things keep coming out of it. And Dana Conroy has been just a gem to work with, so... And we
0: are here to talk about another project, an upcoming recital that uh, you'll be performing in. Can you tell us about that?
2: Uh, yes, well, we've, we bought a new piano. We haven't bought a new uh, grand piano in quite some time. There was some, I think it's called Leveraged Funds. You'd have mm-hmm. to talk to Dr. John Ginocchio about that, mm-hmm. to, if that's the case, is that what it's called? It is, yep, okay. I'll,
1: I'll cover that in uh, just a little bit.
2: <coughs> so we, had, we put in an a, a application for those. That was a wonderful uh, gift. Um, but we had enough to get a six foot piano and a six foot piano is still, that's the kind of limit before you, anything smaller than that. You call it a baby grand. Six foot is the first time you don't call it a baby grand from six to seven. It's just simply a grand piano and above seven foot to nine foot, it's concert grand. So, <clears throat> um, we had enough for a six foot piano and I went to try out the piano in Minneapolis and the guy had a wonderful seven foot piano there. And I thought, golly, that's for an extra foot it totally changes the timbre of the piano all of a sudden it it can be used for concertos with orchestra for serious chamber music you know for serious solo recitals i mean most concert pianists much will much prefer a nine foot piano some of them will insist on it but you can play solo concerts on a seven you really can't play them on on something smaller so i went to my colleagues and said i'm going to try to find the money and i'm going to try to work a deal and between my father's horse trading skills, and a very generous gift uh, through the Southwest Minnesota Minnesota Orchestra, and especially Lois Henkel, who is nothing short of an angel in our community. We came up with the extra money uh, to buy the bigger piano, and I am really, uh, really excited to give this recital. I think it's going to be great.
1: I just learned so much about pianos. Like six, seven, nine-foot pianos. That's so fascinating, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, sure. You learn something new every day. That's why I work in higher ed. <laughs> that's all, right.
2: All learning. Yep. That's why I work in higher ed. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's the thing is, you mentioned playing this piece of music on this piano or this piece of music on on this type of piano. How do you select music for this concert now that you have this piano?
2: Well, the, the what we call the grand piano basically came into its current... State around the 18, late 1870s, I believe, 1880 for sure. Um, and it was Steinway and Sons that had come over from Braunschweig, Germany, and relocated to New York. And um, they um, came up with the formula that now is our modern grand piano. So actually, uh, of all the music I'm playing, which is Bach, uh, Schubert, Brahms, Chopin, and Skriabin, and Rachmaninoff, only the Scriabin and Rachmaninoff, actually only the Rachmaninoff, is music written for this kind of piano. All the other stuff is written for varieties of differences that happened before Steinway and Sons perfected the idea of a concert, <coughs> concert uh, piano and the concert piano action. So, for instance, Bach, of course, would not have been played on the piano at all, except we do know that Bach played a piano and liked it. Um, and um, it that would, would be have p- been harpsichord, harpsichord, which mm-hmm. my blessed wife uh was a great virtuoso of, and I still have her harpsichord at my house.
1: And it has such a lovely sound, honestly. it is,
2: it's a totally different sound. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of hammers striking the the uh, uh wires to make the sound at a piano, the, the harpsichord plucks the string like a guitar. Mm-hmm. So it's, but I think you know, Bach is absolutely central to our repertoire, and he's the first. Composer that's never gone out of fashion, um, <clears throat> at least among the cognoscenti, the people who kind of know things. Um, Schubert and and had a had an instrument that was not much bigger than a fort, uh, than a harpsichord, and um, and then Brahms had, you know, some, it, when you see pictures of Brahms, he's always with a kind of grand piano, but his all his strings were straight strung; they weren't mm. crossed over. If you notice, if you open it up, you'll see those the famous last. 20 strings of a a grand piano crossing over the other strings. That's to give the frame stability and to have more resonance for the lower strings. Brahms did not have that. So Hmm. even Brahms who lived to be 1897, he died after my grandfather was born. Um, I I had a very old grandfather and he had a son very late Um, uh, that even, even up until the 20th century. So the, the grand piano that we know really didn't become usual until after world war one.
0: What does a new piano like this mean for students at SMSU?
2: Their piano or keyboards, one should say, but it ends up being always piano is central to the way we've put together Western music. When you have a piano, you can see the scale right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We of course want music majors to abstractly uh, work with that in their heads. They have to ultimately, but it's such a great and fast tool to just see right in front of you. So all of our music majors must take piano lessons and piano instruction and pass a piano competency exam, which for some of them is just, you know, very nerve wracking experience. Uh, The fact that they have this white haired, blue eyed, beady eyed uh, professor staring at them when they're doing it might have something to do with the fact. Um, I'm standing over them with a ruler. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Obviously, I'm, I'm jovial and That's kind. That's all made up. That's all made up. Um, but uh, so it's essential to the way we think of music. All the great composers, except Hector Berlioz, were either very good pianists or virtuoso pianists. Rachmaninoff, of course, made his whole career as a the virtuoso pianist of his life, the only rival being Vladimir Horowitz, and they were very close friends. Um, so Rachmaninoff is completely piano-centric, but also Chopin. Chopin only wrote piano music. Uh, Scriabin also, as well. He came up with a keyboard uh, that uh, for uh, that represented the aspects of synesthesia, so that not only was there a sound, but color attached to each mm-hmm. each sound. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's 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 very important uh, for the students, and um, of course, a lot of our students deal mostly with electric keyboards but electric keyboards do not give you the full harmonic spectrum. Uh, they give you the principal note and some acoustical overtones, but not nearly what you have in a grand piano. So it's important for our students to, to hear that sound.
0: We kinda touched on it, but now we gotta know the answer. How did this piano come to SMSU?
1: I can speak a little bit about that. So when um, maybe a donor comes to the SMSU Foundation and says they, they're excited about music, What kind of project can I support? Um, The programs come to the foundation and say, we have this need, but we don't quite have the funds to pull it off. The foundation works with that program and makes it happen through leverage funds. So those funds can partner with the funding from the department and bring us things like a seven-foot grand piano. So donors really make it happen, and that's that's a great um, testament to the community support we have.
0: This is very rare, right? Like, I mean, this is a.
1: Oh, this is very special because yeah. I think most of our pianos are like over 50 years old.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it's huge. So if you come and deal.
1: hear a concert now with this piano, you're going to be blown away. Yeah. And
2: Dan. As long as I don't mess the, up. I was going to say, oh, don't mess up. he's not going up. to.
1: He's not going to. <laughs> I love going to concerts, watching Dan. I have to like, I fixate on his fingers because y- you just have the most agile fingers.
2: Thank you. It's I,
1: fantastic.
2: I've asked, you know, I have really good trills. I don't think my technique is any anything special except my trills are faster than most. Or I can do trills in, in most of my fingers, between most of my fingers. Stunning. And my students say, how do you do that? And I said, coffee and <laughs> genetics. <laughs> I chose my grandparents well. <laughs> so that's what you should do. Though. I mean, actually, you, you it's almost impossible to teach someone to trill. That's the one thing in piano technique that's kind of a that's completely physiological and, and how fast your lactic acid gets, gets out of the muscle system and in the, out of the bloodstream. You, obviously you can't that's control a that. biology thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's your inner hydraulics. It bright. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Some, some folks got it. Some folks don't.
2: Well, I mean, I don't, I mean, I also say to my students that the piano is the one that is least resistant to practice. Uh, in other words, a singer, a great singer needs to have at least a very good voice. There are some great singers that have only good voices, but they have unbelievable imagination and technique uh, to be a great violinist is a really that's really tough because the, the the gradations are so tiny. They're so tiny. And so but to be a great pianist, you also have to have incredible technique and incredible talent. But almost anyone can master you'll play decent uh, pieces decently on a piano almost everyone if you have as they say in German enough Zitzfleisch. Zitzfleisch means you know if you' if your bottom is strong enough to sit there and practice long enough you can you can you can learn the piano it really it's is like sitting power sitting power yes uh, how much padding you have and how long <laughs> you could stand that it, it literally is uh that's I, I I stole that from Richard Nixon he said he had he was said he didn't have a very great mind but he had great Zitzfleisch. oh well always nice to bring in richard nixon so
0: yeah
1: another thing we've learned today
0: yeah just add that to the list and we're going to learn a couple more things tell us more about this concert itself you know the the who
2: what when where why well um almost exactly a year ago i fell on the ice and tore my left rotator cuff snapped it off completely almost completely um uh, about (laughs) two months before that i had missed a step in my stairs and, and further tore my right rotator cuff, which was torn 12 or 13 years ago and had healed nicely, but then had been retorn. So I saw the same surgeon within two months and he said, you gotta, you gotta learn how to walk buddy. Um, And, and so I was really incapacitated and um, could not play at all. (laughs) And exactly a month after I, Fell. I had surgery on it, and of course, I could not move my shoulder for four months. Could not seriously practice for more than four months. So, midsummer this past summer, I slowly started getting back into shape, and this recital is an attempt to do just that. And uh, I have not played a solo recital since my memorial concerts for my for my dear wife, and between um, COVID, other projects, and then this horrible thing that happened last winter. I was really, so this is me getting back into it. And so I've learned for the first time in 25 years, a new piece of J.S. Bach. I used to be a big Bach player. Um, My wife and I would have fights about why, why one should be playing Bach on the piano instead of the harpsichord. Um, But this is the first piece and I just have so loved it. Um, And I've also revived a few pieces from my, when I was quite, you know, from my twenties, the two Chopin etudes, the two pieces of Brahms, um, so those are harkening back when so they're pieces that I knew already, and I, I wouldn't have to worry about learning them. I could simply work on the technical aspects of it to kind of get my left arm back in shape. um you
1: really are like a kind of athlete where you have to practice and you have to work out and you have to get yourself conditioned. Can we use the baseball perform.
0: the baseball you're like a baseball pitcher that had Tommy John surgery and you know takes a long time off, yeah, but you know he makes that. Opening start in AAA. He's a really good pitcher, but he's going to start in AAA. This is kind of like your warm up. You mentioned you're going kind of back to yes yeah. pieces that you know, and then yeah. But you're also like one of those pitchers that also found a new pitch during rehab. <laughs> totally.
2: <and laughs> baseball Dan's back on the mound. Baseball is the only sport I like, so I'm totally I'm <laughs> totally res- This is totally resonating with me. Excellent. Um, nice job. As I, and I said, you know, I'm I am a great athlete from my elbows down. You know that the rest of it not so much, but uh, um, I it has been it's been I mean there was a period the summer I started practicing and I thought they're going to be rep- there's going to be pieces of repertoire I won't be able to play again. I'm ending the program with this large etude tableau of Rachmaninoff, which is probably the biggest piece I'm 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 certainly playing right now and certainly the biggest piece of the program. And um, that that at, when I first started seriously practicing in the fall that piece. I thought, oh man, I'm not gonna be able to do this, but I am, I am doing it. And it's, and things are coming back. And it's, uh, I've also got a theme, I've also got a theme of pairs and doublings. And I'm exploring the idea of two, uh, because that is such a such a pervasive idea when you're dealing with pianos. You deal with two hands, although Bill Holm wrote a great piano, a great uh, poem on playing things with just the left hand. He went through a phase where he played only Pieces for the left hand alone, and it's it was just an incredible. I loved learning so much from him about that. But he has several poet poems that came out of that time that are just really interesting and insightful. Um, but also in box music, there's almost always just two lines going on, so that's another two. <laughs> and then I've doubled up pieces uh, showing different aspects of um, the composer. So. Sometimes very lyrical, sometimes very heaven storming, sometimes very intense, sometimes extremely reflective. So the doublings and the contrast thereupon I'm also looking at. And then the, the you know, the idea of, of uh, diametric opposites is also something in music. In the in the when you're staring at the piano and practicing for long hours, all you ever see is black and white. So I mean Another. Th- Another two. Another two. Another another example of, of, of tunis. ness um, So at, at, at the last two pieces are, one, one piece is by Skryabin and one is by Rachmaninoff. They were born uh, barely, uh, like I think, eight months apart. And when Skryabin died much too early, uh, Rachmaninoff played for his wake, for his funeral, and supposedly played almost all of his piano music that had been written. Um, wow. And even though Rachmaninoff was kind of allergic to the much more hyper-romantic and, and just over-the-top mystical uh, strangeness of Scriabin's music, um, I, I thought that's also another pair, that these two great Russian giants were in school together, grew up together, and were so opposite in temperament, and yet uh, were so, learned from each other and loved each other very much.
0: Looking forward to it, it is coming up on Monday, February 12th at 7:30 in the Fine Arts Theater at SMSU. It looks like admission is free. Free will offering and being accepted.
1: Absolutely, because we we love having new instruments and and equipment for the music majors, so donations to the keyboard studies program are welcome and invited.
0: And that is why we included that title at the start of the mm-hmm. conversation Absolutely. The, Free will offering will go to keyboard studies at SMSU. Yes. Mm-hmm. We've come full circle. <laughs> Dr. Dan Ripple, we appreciate the time here this morning.
2: Thank you so much. And a shout out to Jim and Mary Tate. Uh, I always, always love seeing them and and I hope they're doing well.
1: And and he misses his time at the, at this studio with
2: we, Jim. We had kind that. of a strange, not a strange, just an utterly healthy bromance. Awesome. Uh, it was just. Uh, lives on today. It lives on to this day. Yeah. That's good to hear.
0: Marcy Olson, we got to kick it back over to you. Do you have a list of fun events happening on the campus of Southwest Minnesota state university?
1: Well, in addition to dance recital on Monday, uh, this weekend, we have the gold rush raffle that's supporting SMSU athletics. So if you have not purchased a ticket, you should contact athletics ASAP. They have a limited number and it's a lot of fun. So you should check that out, uh, Monday and Tuesday, We also have the theater has brought in a one-man traveling production called Man Cave that was written and will be performed by Tim Mooney. And that's free with limited seating, which shows at 730 in the Black Box Theater, Fine Arts 116. And looking ahead, this is a little teaser here. We'll have a new student-run restaurant that will be opening very soon, and I will be telling people more about that next week on this show.
0: Beautiful tease, Marcy Olson.
1: Mm, I know that is right? a
0: nice cliffhanger.
1: I know it's so exciting; people will be tuning in.
0: Well, they always tune in.
1: I know, but more, there'll be talk. And
0: That's chatter what I'd like to hear. Buzz, <laughs> Marcy Olson. Thanks for the update. We'll talk to you again next week.
1: Thanks for having us.